Blue. Low, Nancy, and me. By the blue, I get. We've actually had, uh, uh, Meryl, we've, uh, Mary, we've had um, quite a few online people yeah. last few weeks. We've had about eight or nine. Yeah. We're encouraging this. We're not we're mandated. We're encouraging opening up to our online people. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you're, you got this. So, Lord, we Am I in the Let's pray. Blessed Lord, has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which has given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Am I blocking anybody's view? You're not. I mean, it's just someone would like to see you, not just back your head. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, you're not blocking. Nothing, no problem with that. So I think we just got to, we just got a song a week so far. We got okay. song four, isn't that right? Yeah, we are. Yeah. But she had us read two today, right? Well, I'm always, you know, just in case we get efficient or something. We left there. Yeah, so good to have Marion back with us. I know. Yay. Second coming of Marion. I like to show them. Yeah, it's good. Why don't you turn this into wine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I think your worship would be the one. From, from vodka? <laughs> I would have yeah. done that more now, I think. <laughs> so... Um, just a little bit of review to set our table again as we as we weigh in um, that the Psalms presume that there's a kind of battle going on. What is the nature of that battle? Roll the flesh and the devil. Okay. <laughs> and and what what gives us the ability to fight that? Or trust in God. Holy Spirit. Okay, so, well, I think those are your two things right yeah. there. Your, right. your faith and the gift of the Spirit are, yeah, are the things are. that that make us a, more able to be like who? Christ. Like Christ. And less like... <laughs> or, or even uh, sort of even uh, more um, sort of in the large pattern of things, sort of, we, we say, you know, at, at, at a man, fallen man. So ourselves, that's an inheritance we get. St. Paul will talk about it, uh, being um, in Adam or uh, versus being in Christ. As in Adam, all die. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. And those are two patterns of experience. The pattern of experience... Um, in Adam is one where there, there, um, there are there's a battle, but we we're we're, we're in, by nature captive, and we can't break free of it. It it, it should be noted, however, that um, that when one comes to faith in Jesus and and engages the spiritual battle in a real way, um, the battle actually gets harder because 
in our natural condition, if we think of it this way, I mean, we're not really fighting against anything. It's been what we want to do, and, and there's not really a sense. And, and there's also a sense in which um, the forces of evil already have us where they want them, where they want us. And so there's no, they're not trying to get us. I mean, you know, the, 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 the regular cycle of <clears throat> falling into temptation and feeling guilty and trying hard and falling into temptation and guilty is a human cycle. We want to do better, but that's just a lot of human existence. It is when we come to be in Christ that, that a transfer of allegiance has, has happened from the world into Christ where now the, now, now the forces, uh, 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 the powers of darkness, as it were, rage more strongly against us. And this, and this is something that you can just experience this, I mean, you can reflect on your experience of this, that the moment, the moment you realize in some convicted way that you've left and done something you ought to have done or done something you ought not to have done and resolve to do it, that's when you begin to see how hard it is to love. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so the the psalms there are quintessentially psalms of the spiritual battle, and they can't really rightly be prayed by someone who's not in that battle. They're not general poems for they're 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 psalms for the people of God mm-hmm. to fight to hold on to him through the midst of the afflictions that that and they have different contours. Not every single one is a is a against the enemy psalm. Uh, but even when um even when the, the other themes of them tend to be uh, related to that theme, you know, the, the lauding of the king and the son of David are all about okay, the one who triumphed and in whom we triumph. So let us bear that in mind as we read through here. So, um, Psalm 4, that uh, has as its inscription to the chief musician with stringed instruments, the Psalm of David. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. So, what do we see here? What's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the actual first petition there? Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. That, that seems pretty significant New Testament theme. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of any New, New Testament verses that talk about... He who has ears to hear. Huh? He who has ears to hear. How about... Um, Verses that particularly speak about um, prayer. When Jesus was praying to the Father. Okay. Um, if if you will let this cup pass, you know, when at the end. So that psalm presumes. That the Father seems to presume, or that prayer seems to presume, that 
the Father's hearing his prayer, mm-hmm. but but may but may, may not may may decide may make the decision. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting um, distinction, isn't it? So one is he just not listening. I mean, if you're a a parent with a child, you you may hear the petition and say no, or you may just tune it out because you're tired. <laughs> you're tired of. <laughs> And it seems like it's that first thing the psalmist here is, hear me, give me an audience. Isn't there um, a verse somewhere that says something about we do such and such, we are confident that he hears us? Yeah. He, I'm thinking, I, I, was, I couldn't pull it up by yeah. memory, but it's First John. First uh, oh, uh, uh, John, I think it's five. Um, now this oh, first five John five fourteen. This is the confidence that we have in Him, and this would be in Christ. So always mindful that the Psalms are quintessentially the voice of the Messiah who who is God's anointed and become our voice as we're baptized into him as members of his body we have the same sort of status in our in our prayer. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. So that talks about hearing us. Of course, it gets back to what Marcia's talking about, according to his will. Mm-hmm. How do we, you know, sometimes that seems like one big giant veto power. Ah, not you well, not, not here. So, <laughs> Any thoughts about that, according to his will? Does that ever feel like... Uh, he loves us, though. Yeah, yeah, well, okay. But before you get there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to write us something that he doesn't think we should have. Okay. But what if you want it anyway? Oh, you better something, too. <laughs> well, I, I, keep seeing, I keep seeing, like, a vision of, like, a statue. And, you know, he, like, he keeps molding that statue. And, it, and here, I kept seeing, like, Michelangelo. It's like... If you see all the saints before that God has worked on, then his will does a really good job. If you see Michelangelo's, all his statues, you see that. You're like, okay, I can trust. It feels like you're just, you know, like, yeah. But he's he's making me into a really beautiful poem or statue or art piece or whatever. You are God's When when you're a really beautiful statue or art piece, will you get what you want then? I might not, but I do want... Well, I'm going to pursue this. I'm not going to to accept that, this this resignation to... Okay, I want... uh, What I want is to uh, to being happy about it. No, I want (laughs) union with God. So that's what Okay, so let's talk about it. So then then you want something that you're going to get. I am getting that, yes. So is, is I might our, not get anything else. Are there, I, I, are there different ways to understand what I... Are there different levels of what I want? Yes. Definitely. Well, let's yes. talk about that. 
But this he'll give us the desires of our heart. And so why don't we back why don't we start with what we want today? What we what might we pray for? Good health. Yeah. Huh? Good health. Good health. Okay, yeah. Big health, uh, or success in this enterprise or healing for something that isn't and so that's is that um is that an intrinsically bad petition? No. Or no. even selfish? No, no, no. no stop. No. Stop. Um, so. But if I pray for a Rolls Royce, I probably am not going to get it. Nah. I saw that was you Jenny Mitchell. Lord, would you buy me a Mercedes? Yeah. Mercedes. <laughs> That's right. Yes, My friends all love Porsche. I must make amends. Um, um, but he um, doesn't always answer those prayers in the way right, that. So, so let's, let, let's so um, health, or even even let's just take the idea of riches in a certain sense. Is there any level on which that desire? Is, is right and good. Let's stay with health for a second. So, to desire to be healthy is not a bad desire. Is there a way that we, how, how is God ultimately going to answer that prayer? Sometimes he works with us. By doing? Yeah. By giving us. Think, think more towards the telos of all things in life. Are we going to end up ultimately no. healthy? No. 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 <laughs> Well, in heaven, with our resurrected body. Oh, but the, okay, but this, this heaven language I don't like, because this one, I like, <laughs> I like, I like, I like Do we not say, I look for the resurrection and the life will become? Will we have health in the resurrection and the life of the world to come? Yes. Will it be embodied health? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the desire for health is not a bad thing. It it is so I guess the point is we have to I want to feel well is not yeah I know I, I may not be healed of this particular thing, but it's largely because it's working towards a greater healing, which I think is what Cheryl was talking about, you know, how he's he's forming us. I just wanna I just want us to highlight that the desire for health under rooting our prayers is not a bad thing. It's still a desire that has a level of fulfillment within the will of God that's ultimate. And this actually is something that applies when we even when we pray for, like we have the sacrament of unction, where we pray, we anoint people with prayers for healing, all that pain of sickness, body, and put to flight, the blessing of health may be restored unto thee. Um, if you think about the ultimate horizon, that prayer will absolutely be answered for all of us. It may it may not be entirely to the trumpet sounds and the dead are raised, but but the restoration, so even unction has a ultimate resurrection horizon. Mm -hmm. And what we're really talking about in the, in the prayer for right now is, in the sacramental prayer now, is some present experience of Christ in healing and in body that gives us a taste of that. So He fully resurrected Lazarus from the dead. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. So he has... The possibility of giving people that right now, but of course Lazarus got sick again. So, so, so we know there's always going to be um, that that does happen, and people there are healings that happen, and mm -hmm. and there are those kinds of things. But then there are people who, and but you know, I I I would again look at the example of of 
Paul, who had a lot of miraculous things like snakes fall off his hand, he doesn't die, and yet he has to throw into the flesh. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I the only thing I'm belaboring here is it's usually when we ask for something um, it, and it pertains to a legitimate desire of the human condition. Um, I think it's better for us to think in terms of the the, the, the telos of health we're looking for, praying for some experience of that now, relief in my current thing is a sign of that, but not that, yeah, I just got this thing, now can give it to me. But that ultimately the desires he put, he will give it to us in full. And, it, and this would even something in terms of like, you know, I want a Rolls Royce. I mean, there's a lot about the kingdom that, that speaks of wealth. Mm-hmm. The images of Revelation, the city, you know, a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of valuable jewels there, mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, I, I think, I think, um, you know, I think, I think the difference between now and then is that we're in a, we're in a world which sees wealth in terms of possession in comparison and I, you know, even like that song, you know, my friends all have portions, I need one too. It's rather than, I think the wealth of the world is, is that the mystery of God's kingdom, there's just plenty for everybody. Mm-hmm. And and it'll be clearer that it doesn't really matter that you've taken some of the free goods that God gives freely and hoarded them up, and now I have more than you. It doesn't, it, it, it's, it's the very fact that we look at life in that comparative way is now partly the problem. Yeah. So, but still, it's his desire for us to have an abundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, we, it, but he purifies our attitudes because a lot of times it will, it will be, a, uh, and, and the things in and of themselves are not sufficient. Um, everything must be enjoyed sacramentally. So, um, anyway, I, I just, so that, that here, and according to his will, we, we would think then, in terms of the purification of the will, there's, what, what do I want? I want, you know, I, I need this thing today versus what do I really want, want out of life? Do we really want a sense of peace, a sense of joy? Do we really want greater wisdom? wisdom? Do we want to conquer the temptations that conquer us? Those are deeper desires that, 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 that kind of inform our prayer. Right, it's back here. So hear me. So we want him to hear. And um, we know, and this this is, I think, where um, um, where uh, when Jesus prayed, he said, you know, I, th- I thank you, Lord, that you heard me, and I know you always hear me. He had no doubt but that the Father heard him and that he lived in that prayerful conversation relationship. So when we are in Christ, we have a confidence. We can say, hear me. What other book of the Bible really talks about someone who wants God to hear him? Job. Job. Yeah, constantly say, I need you, I need you to hear me. I want. To, I have a case yeah. to make. I, I can talk I can to you. Come. <laughs> <laughs> Any... Um, it doesn't also, and it doesn't, when God shows up, and it doesn't seem to have any problem with any of Job's arguments, not the least. 
working God over like that. Yeah. Now it seems like here we have two uh, tenses here in verse 1. You have relieved me in my distress, have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. So one seems to be in the past and then the petition seems to be in the future. How would that be how would those two be related? In a way, trust. Okay. Okay, you have in the past helped me. Now help help me again. Hear me again. Do we do we ever find that how we've experienced God in the past gives us a reference point? Yeah. You know, we know okay, Very this much. is good, and so now yeah. I can. Um, I would note that have mercy on me can be also be gracious to me. So please. So verse 2, we set the table, the prayer here, have mercy, and then we get a little bit more into, uh, in verse 2, some of the things that are the psalmist is wrestling with. How long, O ye sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Now, um, who seems to be speaking here? He's like Messiah. Yeah, I mean, so it, it, it seems a little more the voice of God. The psalmist isn't isn't saying to you that that you're my glory. The only one who could, could say my glory would be God or Christ, ultimately, yeah. And, and so, um, how, how do people change, turn his glory to shame, though? What is his glory? What, what, what is the crown of creation? Life. Well, life, all creation was life. Mm -hmm. what, what was the pinnacle of creation in Genesis? Yeah. Man. Ultimately, so the man. He creates right. man as, as a, in his image, as a, as a symbol of his glory. And when we take that which God has made in his image and, and debase it, yeah. you turn it into shame. Yeah. You take what God has made noble and, and beautiful and make it ugly and ignoble. Mm -hmm. Or objectify it. And you could also, in what maybe on a level, seem to hearken to um, the way that the ungodly uh, oppose the righteous. So turning, you know, taking that which God has made his people and, and opposing it, trying to uh, persecute it and... and um, How long will you love worthlessness? Because if you, in the sense of worthless, um, the value of a human is in the image of God, and as that image is um, firmed and brought out and valued, it ha it, it's, it's a true, here's something of infinite value. But if, it, if, it, if we try to make it what it's not, it becomes worthless. Um, it has no value. 
Although, and this, this is, although it, 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 um, it might seem to have more the, the value in terms of somebody who rebels against God and persecutes his people but gets some temporary claim or, you know, support or victory that, that tempor- temporarily it looks like, oh yeah, I've got something, but it has no lasting value. And that's almost always, that, that's the, the essential calculus of sin, that when you, we do something to oppose God or to just overtly wrong, it usually, we do it because it gives us something in the moment, but it has no real value. Because whatever you get from it in the moment is what it is, is what you get. <laughs> really enjoy it because there's, there's nothing more. Whereas when we affirm the value of God and in, in, in and the image of Christ in us and in others, um, though you endure, though you have to say no, though we're in that point where you know maybe this isn't your will for me now, I have to go through something I don't want to go through. Yet the value that's being preserved in that faithfulness is real value, has eternal value. And, and here we see worthlessness and falsehood are, are, are sort of paired as words. And verse 3 shifts, shifts, but I know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. And um, This this word uh, godly or righteous it, it's um, in in sort of modern Orthodox Judaism these would be the Hasidim is the word the seed you ever Hasidic Jews these are mm-hmm. that comes from the word for godly here I'm not suggesting that it's, it's the but that that's the epitome of what he's getting at here be saying that's the idea of the pursuit of righteousness. We've already had this in, in um, uh, the first few psalms. The, the, the man who, who meditates on God's law day and night is planted in a seed by, by a tree by the waterside, bring forth fruit, um, and, and, and God is with him. And sees him and sets him apart and recognizes, and that's who he hears. But those who... who will not listen to what he has to say, won't do what he has to say, he won't hear. And that's that's the interesting thing about prayer, too. You know, sometimes there are times when we're praying that, you know, we may just be in a time where God's calling us to do something we don't really want to do. But there also might be something amiss in our lives that we need to deal with before our prayer can be heard. So if we're being disobedient in some major way in our life, and we're saying, God, hear me, hear me, it's got like, you won't be heard. Um, there's a prayer where it, it, it exhorts in the New Testament, and Peter exhorts husbands to live with their wives in a, in a good way, that your prayers may not be hindered. And, and so... That's um, what, and if you think about this hearing, because I think a lot of times we think of um, prayer as very transactional, asking for this, they get this, so you won't hear me, okay, here. 
I'm sorry. Now you hear me. Uh, it, we have to think. We have to think of this more in uh, relational terms. That I mean, just think of it as a human relationships. Like if 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 I've um, I think this went away. That if 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 I've done something to offend you, or if there's something breach in our relationship, I can't just call and say, "Hey, you know, can I borrow some bread? Uh, can I, you know, hey, you know, act, acting as though there's not this thing, we're not really in relationship right now until until I take care of the thing that's a problem." So it's always relational terms. Hearing, you know, if if, if I haven't offended you and I and I and I say, can I ask anybody? You might say, you, you know, you're off, asking for a loaf every single day, so no, uh, you need to get your own bread. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a reason why you why you might not do it, but it would then be still a relation that we'd be back in a relationship. You're 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 not refusing me because I've I've broken the relationships. That that God might respond to some reason why he might, he might not do what we want, but the relational disconnection will result in not hearing us at all. I think, too, I was trying to figure, I was something Father David said a long time ago to me, and it was like, sometimes God doesn't answer because he's fixing something in you. So if you're broken, you need to heal in order to receive the, or or what you're going to receive will be broken as well. Now, I mean, in 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 same relationship. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that's that's, that's I, I I think about this like with the story of the woman of Canaan. Um, it's a very it's a short story, but if we extend the minutes of that story out into months and years of real life, and she begins, Lord, have mercy on my my daughter's demon possessed. Oh, she's a crumbs under the table. Yeah, well, he, we didn't, yeah. He, he not even there yet. At first, he just, he didn't listen. He just kind of walked around. And she came a little more. And at the end of the story, she is prostrate at his feet, completely vulnerable. And now it's like, okay. So your faith is great. So oftentimes in our conversation, very bringing us to a different place and posture that, that, uh, and that, of course, tests the faith. Her faith was shown to be, uh, in Jesus' own words, great uh, 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 designation he gave only to two people in the New Testament, uh, the centurion and her. So, but so that the, therefore the process of prayer draws it out, and that's often the question uh, you ask if something. Do you, well, how much do you want it? You know, so if you pray for something for a while, you're a couple months in, you forget about it. It's like a kid wants a bicycle, asks for two months, he forgets about it, parents are like, no, you should only want it. <laughs> take a skate. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you did want to ask, okay, well, hey, maybe, um, listen, you start doing this thing in the yard every day, for the next couple months, put a little money aside. You find a way to do it. You know, so, but this is the way that God might prepare a way to give us what he wants to give us. 
but it's still in conversation. And so it, and and I suppose therefore that the, the here, um, is complemented by our own hearing and listening. Every every day at morning prayer we say um, Psalm 95, or most days, uh, where we say, you know, today, if you were, God says, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Hear the voice today. And we're supposed to hear by doing the things God calls us to do, and then he will hear us as we as he calls to him. So the Lord has set apart uh, for himself him was godly. Again, preeminently Christ and each of us in him. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Is the psalmist taking over again? Yeah, I think that's right. I think I think you you've got uh um, you should be going. Yeah, yeah. Make sure it's unlocked. She's been there. Oh, yeah. It's, un- it's, un- it's unlocked. That's right. <laughs> Your ass. Um, so uh, it, it, it does seem to God hear me. You know, how long will you turn glory to shame that the Lord sets apart the ungodly? So we have this this um, sons of men, sons of Adam, the godly. Uh, so yeah, it does seem it does have sort of a dialogue. But certainly, we're, we're um, it, it's a little. I mean, it's not it's not strictly a dialogue, but it does seem to turn from "Have mercy on me," and then looking at at uh, humans. The, the thing that gives me is is my glory to shame. Does seem to presume the voice of God. Um, and then uh, saying, the Lord is set apart for himself who is godly, the Lord will hear him. You know, the, who's actually speaking, but there's certainly a dialogue of asking um, <clears throat> condemnation of those who turn God's glory into shame, and then an affirmation of the, of the godly. And then it's uh, verse 4, um, be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Now, who the next verse talked about? Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Now, this comes up in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Anyone remember the passage? No. My Bible has Ephesians 4. Yeah, Ephesians 4, yes. Cross reference is a really good. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's there. We, we have it for our uh, epistle uh, sometime during Trinity time for uh, So he says in Ephesians 4.26 um, Therefore put away lying leads when you speak truth with this neighbor if we are members of one another be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So he's quoting here in Ephesians 4, quoting Psalm 4, be angry and do not sin. And be angry and not sin. And he, St. Paul, 
adds a little bit of gloss, but I said, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Um, and it's interesting here in verse 8, to, to, where in the psalm, I will lie down in peace and sleep. So it seems like Paul has put together the thought of Psalm 4. Don't let the sun go down your wrath, which is often understood. Don't go to bed angry. So he'd be angry and sin not, but I will lay down in peace and sleep. So somehow the anger has been resolved between you. So, you're angry, you can't sleep very well. <laughs> so, so what, be angry and do not sin. Let's talk about that. Just righteous anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can be angry, but don't, in your anger, don't sin with your anger. Sometimes your anger kind of empowers you a little bit to do what you need to do, but don't use it towards evil. What, what do we, um, in, in sort of the basic psychological tree, where does anger usually come from? Yeah, What's the underneath it. anger? Hurt. Fear. Hurt. Fear. Hurt. Fear. Hurt. Yeah, hurt. There's yeah. a deep yeah. wound there, yeah. right? the, the, a wound, and we protect it with anger. Yes. I'm not going to let you see that, so I'm going to give you both barrels instead. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing to understand when somebody's really angry, mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're wounded. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting about our own spiritual maturity is... Um, When somebody who is quick to anger is able to make us quick to anger, we have two people whose woundedness is, is taking, is being projected out in other words. You know, and and um, uh, maturity uh, can, can begin to understand uh, that I feel anger at this thing, but there's probably um, a deeper root to it than just what was coming before me. And so the the um, the sin not I, I and we we sort of teach us in a kind of contemplative way that says okay you, you're angry at the strong emotion of anger you want to have some kind of process by which you can you can come to your prayer and in that tension moment you have to be very very careful here. you're not going to be able to don't try to talk your way through it but but. That's what we talk like in, in contemporary prayer. It's like breathing and praying. Just, you know, the old one, Lord Jesus, have mercy, just holding on to the prayer. But the main things you want to do is you don't want to say anything, you don't do anything. You're, don't, don't, a lot of times you start talking yourself out. Don't try, don't try to do it. You won't be able to do it. And then you'll end up doing things. Uh, don't say, you know, so that's what you want when, you, when you're aware of the, and this is what we call spiritually like an awareness that will come out of the spiritual virtue of watchfulness. So if this is a battle we're fighting, you know, world, flesh, devil, and also emotions bubbling up within me, an awareness of watchfulness sees and is aware uh, oh, um, I see this in me. I see this temptation, this is the key thing to the contemplative orientation, is that this anger, you know, we can think of it as a part of me, or, or it might even be a, a part of my experience is stirred up. It's not me, me. There's a me who can observe anger and not be overcome by it. But one of the key things about this, though, is is because there's... there's uh, we want to be 
be angry and, and sin not, but we don't want to act like we're not angry. Right. Yeah. That's a that's an equally false um, and this this comes out culturally in in a, a phrase that that we um, you know, parents often teach children and sometimes adults say adults like you shouldn't feel that way. And if you just think about that, well, you're angry because you were hurt, and then you learn you shouldn't feel that way. The root of that would be that that um, that your pain doesn't really matter. Yeah. And so now we're not going to going to work through a healing. Mm-hmm. We're going to just push away that. And act like it's all good, and that's and you're that. Bad. You're that, bad if you're angry. Well, that passes for Christianity sometimes. Yes. Is, mm-hmm. is the idea that we've 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 um, repressed all of our honest feelings and emotions, and we're trying to put a happy face. It never works out in the long run, and and this is what what often leads to, you know, sort of shocking misbehaviors that come out because we have, we're not dealing with what's really going on, and and so. The 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 uh, be angry and sin not. I would say that we want to be angry. I can you know, try to hold on, find some way to hold on to our prayer. Be aware. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. I write it. Okay. Don't don't write letters. And emails are dangerous because oh, yeah. you can write a draft, but it's so easy. So if you write a draft, don't put anyone in the address line. Oh, that's a good one. Don't, don't, just, just, you know, it's okay to process. (laughs) Or if you have a really good friend who, ask him a spiritually spiritually mature friend, not who will say, yeah, they did that to you, man. You know, no, but somebody, how you feel, and you can listen, and you process. And then when, when, when the intensity of the moment wanes, and we, and you come back for maybe a day or two to, you can say, then the investigator, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. How come when that person does that, I don't want to punch it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and because it's not really just usually that this person is so obviously from yeah. the nethermost hell. It's just that um, it's, it's uh, and so we can begin to understand, oh, okay, there's, a, a, there's probably... A memory, an emotional memory in my life of something that's a little bit unresolved. Do they remind me of? <laughs> and 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 then we can realize. And and healing often means to to embrace the reality that if it hurt, it was okay for me to be sad about it. Mm-hmm. And if I suffered an injustice, it was okay for me to be to be angry about it. And then I can bring that to Christ. And then um, I think this is where if we offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Quintessentially, this is what it means to um, be justified by faith and by Christ. Is and this is what this is the whole basis of, New, of the New Testament um, teaching that we should repay uh, evil with good. It's not that evil should not be requited. It's that we are not righteous judges. So we have to we have to be aware of our anger, even legitimate parts of it, process that through in, in, in the motion of prayer and in wise friendships, 
but we leave justice to God. And sometimes right now, that person is getting away, looks to be getting away with it. We trust. This is what we, I, I, I hope we understand this. When we say he'll come again with glory to judge, it means the whole world and every human action ever will be put to rights. The right. So we're trusting in that. And we're not going to grab it ourselves. We're going to, we're going to trust him and we're going to wait for him to act. And that's the posture here. So we're, we're, we're validating our own experience of our own lives. There might be some grieving. This is part of our prayer. We can, yeah, we're sad about that. That's okay to be sad about that. Uh, and here, here's something I've kind of, I've kind of learned just through my own reflections, um, that there's a distinction between your experience of your life and the people who were the agents of that experience. So, um, for example, you know, a lot of these things can be rooted in our, our original family. And a lot of times people, you know, can, can get into blaming mom or dad, yeah, stuff. And that, that's not the point of what we're, what we're dealing with here. The point we're dealing with here is you, you experienced your life in a certain way in the context. And if you still hold on to it, it's because you haven't embraced that experience of sadness and grief through it. it has not, it's really not about your mom or dad, your sister, or your brother. It's about you saying that way, the way I experienced my life was real. <laughs> when it hurt, it hurt. And when you can embrace your own experience of your life and bring that to God and and work through the emotions. And a lot of times the, the key one is grief. Because what, why grief? Because you're going to be letting go of something that you wanted to be a certain way that's not and never will be. You let go of it. And you can accept God coming into your life as it is and doing what he's going to do. And when you can validate your own experience of your life that way, you'll find it much easier to forgive. And, and realize, hey, we move back to our parents. Oh, yeah, they were human beings like us. And all you have to do is be a parent. Realize how much you mess that up. <laughs> you, you, you know, and and so it's so this idea of being in touch with how you experience your life is not about blaming. That's out of Genesis three. It's about owning your own experience of life. Sometimes this is called exiled emotionality. Your exiled emotionality are your painful experiences that you don't want to face and embrace. So you keep them out here. The problem with that is they don't stay out there. That's what speaks out in, in anger, compulsions. The, the, the two standard ways, you know, in, in, in life people work these out are by addiction and workaholism, which is its own form of addiction. I'm either going to get really, really busy. I'm saying that. Yeah, this is what you get in, in the anxiety of families. Oftentimes you'll get those poles, the high achiever, and the person got into trouble in drugs. Because mm-hmm. they, they're both processing their both experience in a different way. Yeah. In a different way. Yeah. So um but when you when you um can validate that and work it through, uh you, you can lessen the compulsion because you're not running from it anymore. You're and that's that's the problem of sitting in the reality of your life, which happens this is actually why a lot of people don't really want to get as deep as the Psalms get in their prayer. Because when you get into more, in, in sitting in the presence of God, you're going to have to face yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you, fa- if you have to face yourself, that's where people run from. 
They, they think they're running from you. They're not really running from God. They're running from the fact that when when God has this light that begins to get brighter and brighter, and it is why all true religion becomes more contemplative over time because you you always have to sit. And sometimes more beginning religion is very busy because I'm still I'm trying to religious things while not having to face myself. <laughs> But eventually you're going to come to the point where you look deeper. So this whole, um, you know, uh, be angry and and um, sin not. Uh, there's a whole lot to say about that. But the, the point is that the emotion is a legitimate part of you that's telling you something. You must not let it lead you to sin, but but if you take some time and investigate, it can be a means of growth. I heard someone called it, I think it was Henry Cloud that said, anger is like the oil light that comes on every dash. I don't know if you... Well, that's right. It, it, it tells you something you know, there, Something's but, wrong. So, you know, stop. And, and, yeah. and this is one thing we, we talk a lot about in, in, um, in uh, our kind of formation model, but like if you have someone who really upsets you and I don't the question is, why does that person upset me so much? What is it about me that gets so upset? That's the spiritual growth question. And when you get, wow, that person, yeah, then, you know, people, you know, you know, and that's, that's, that's a hard question. It's easier to blame. They're just difficult. They just change. I'll be better. And then, and then it's, what finding is, is while, while we're talking to someone about them, they're talking to someone about us. Because <laughs> we're difficult too. Yeah. Guess what? Not everyone sees the world exactly the way we see the world. And um, we can begin to get past that when we begin to make some, make some attempt to understand what the world looks like from the perspective of the other. Oh. Um, I mean, a, a small example would be um, one of the big personality type differences uh, that was sort of at the root of the Myers-Briggs thing was extroversion-introversion. And um, it turns out that extroverts and introverts see the world differently. And um, one of the primary things that happens is that extroverts tend to solve problems by talking them through. So um, when I'm with a fellow extrovert, I have some, I think I have some introversion qualities too, but I, this way I'm the same way. It's like, well, we'll throw something at you. Let's, let's do that. And then we'll kind of kick it around. We might two hours later, so we're not going to do that at all. We're going to do, do yet yeah, a third or fourth thing that came out in the back and forth. But introverts don't talk typically until they fully articulate an idea, and if they said it, they mean it. So one of the big problems with communication you have is the people who, who figure it out by talking make people who don't talk with a bit very nervous. <laughs> and I, I realized that around here, that I, for a while, had a lot of introverts, still do actually, yeah. I had to realize, okay, they might not be able to handle me throwing something yeah. out there and uh, and and kicking it around, understanding that the thing we're talking about, we may at the end yeah. decide not to not right. not only not to do that, but to do the exact opposite <laughs> thing. <laughs> and and so, but that's that's just one example so of how your personality can you know. There's other 
aspects of personality that that um, some people value. You know, let's be honest, put on the table. And say, well, I don't know, you know, yeah. just one or two nights. And so I want to be honest, kind of, and, you're, and then you want like we don't want to be on. You know, like that scares you because we maybe you were raised in an environment where you put it at a table. That means it's going to blow up. <laughs> so, 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 so if we go, then if we're in a, in a, in a group where we're dealing with us, okay, oh, ha, okay, be aware, yeah, okay, that, that I, I, then I can begin to say, I, I can approach with the yeah, I've got to understand there's sensitivity there and let me be aware of that. And then the other person can realize, okay, not every time, um, you know, there's a, um, an idea out there. An idea out there means like, and it's not, it's not personally meant to upset, you know, me, you know, like that. So that's a self-understanding. And then I can understand, well, why does that person who does that? And can remember, and we can, we can begin to, um, know people better. Mm-hmm. And trust comes to realize that, uh, it, it, it begins in marriage, I think, sometimes, but it also close relationships where you realize, they didn't really come into the room with the intention to just piss me off. It wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a developed strategy. It, as a matter of fact, they actually, from their standpoint, it looked like a good idea, and, and I thought this was a good thing. And you, so it's not taking the other personally. You know, that's all those kind of things. I think also the anchor is a is a signal that sometimes your 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 boundaries are being crossed. Like sometimes, like. Why do you feel angry about this? Like, oh, I need to say no. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm being rolled over by this person, well, and I need well, to say th- no. and this and this is part of the. I mean, if we, if we get on to the mm-hmm. kind of what 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 growth looks like is, if you had a childhood pattern where you were told you shouldn't feel that way, so you 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 mm-hmm. resolve you wouldn't, and you just repress it. Right. People probably still do that to you. So only when you learn to say no, that's legitimate. Get, then you, and you have to practice a new skill. It's like, um, you know, when you say that, that bothers me. And then we realize that people are like that. Maybe I just, somebody, I want to kind of, so we can take responsibility for our own lives. Yes. And that, that's why I move yes. to victims because right. we tend to replay the, the unresolved patterns of our lives again and again and again <laughs> and again. Until we deal with them and begin to, and it's like muscle memory. It's like working out. You have to begin, if you're going to be honest, you have to practice it because you're going to, the default's always going to be to stay where you were with it. So it's hard. You know? Yeah, I used to always, you know, like I, I wouldn't say anything. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you're a liar, really, because you're not telling the truth. You know, and it's like, okay, you want to go through this again? It's like, well, and the thing for us is, the thing for us is why it takes some time. It's like, I want to tell them, I'm going to tell them to speak to them. It's exactly. like, okay, a couple yeah. days, week. And then you always want to, you know, do what, is there something that needs to be said for this relationship to, to maintain itself? Is this just a place I think maybe there's probably not a possibility of doing that. Let's just keep this at arm's length. Because the other problem that you can get into uh, is that if you need people to understand, who aren't going to understand, yeah. it'll put you right back in the place yes. where you were before. Yes. And uh, so it's, uh, it's always asked, <laughs> so when you, if you're going to say something, and sometimes the answer is yes. You know, do I really need to say this? And, you know, is it necessary to raise Somebody, yeah. I need to say this to you. 
And sometimes it's like, you know, let's just let that go and be right. aware that this is not going to be a close friendship. This is going to be that kind of boundary space like yeah. that. So, right. so all right, let's let's move this. Uh, that's a lot on that, but I, okay. I I think it's a big deal in our uh, prayer lives because Western Christians, Northern Europeans, or even we come somewhere else, we tend to have this. You know, we can't feel what we feel. We can't. We're scared. We're afraid of it. What if it comes out? So it's all, you know, and, and so we have to kind of get past that a little bit. Um, so we often sacrifice of righteousness, verse five, and put your trust in the Lord, which means don't don't sin, but offer it to God and trust and 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 move forward. In verse 6, there are many who say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. Now, the interesting parallel there, there is, who will show us? Now, I, I notice here, and this, this probably makes sense, one of which like the New King James Version, is that the word any is provided. So, there may say, who will show us good? And then it's parallel is, Lord... Lift up the light of your countenance, there's the good. That's how we see the good, is we see the light of God's face. That's where we see the good. And apart from that, we can't find the good. So in our prayer, we're in, we encounter the good that will necessarily infect us a little bit. And because of that, I think going into verse 7, you put gladness in my heart more than the season that the grain and wine increase. So, it seems to imply here that the vision of God, uh, he lifts up his countenance, um, and we receive um, gladness, joy in the heart. That's a more valuable possession than the ungodly who are prospering, getting a lot of income. <laughs> it's that, that is the good. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. Be alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And it, it, so it ends up, we, you know, this, this can be a nighttime psalm, obviously, um, that, um, but notice, I think this is very important about, about the psalm, is that, uh, about the psalms in general is, this is a psalm full of emotion and conversation. Hear me. Um, the psalmist needs mercy. Uh, he's, there, there's a certain anger at the sons of men who turn the glory of God into shame. And, uh, but he remembers the Lord hears that the godly is, so I'm angry, but I'm not going to sin. I'm going to resolve my anger in that space of prayer and and hearing, seeing God's countenance. I have joy. And now I can go to sleep. Whereas if I'm seething in anger and if I happen to say or do something, you're, and this is this is the main reason not to say or do anything, because if you are later, you oh, shoot. Now I've created a thing. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm not going to <laughs> and if you ever had the thing where you managed not to say or do anything, and you go, oh, so I didn't really 
destroy everything. It's okay. I don't have to fix this. You're off this guy. Go to bed now. <laughs> and I have peace because I, I, I hold on to that uh, that that prayer. The end of this reminds me of the book that you gave us at the end. The peace forever. Yeah. 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 And and one other thing too is I was just looking at this for I'm parked now, so I can say it now. Um that when it says, you know, commune with your own heart and in your own in your chamber and be still, it reminds me of when Jesus says, This is how you ought to pray. Go into your inner room. And I always think like shut the door to all your outer senses. You know, cast your burdens unto Jesus. He cares for you. Like Give all of these problems to God. Go into this inner room. Where, where are you seeing that verse, Cheryl? Oh, verse 4. Verse 4. I'm looking at our Psalter. So it well, says... This is, oh, this is... Yeah, so we're different verse here. Mm-hmm. Verse 4 here is... Oh, oh so we, it would be the... Offer the sacrifices of righteousness. Oh, and we, meditate within your heart. In your oh, commune within your own heart and in your chamber and be still. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. It's like the chamber. Like, go into your inner room. Jesus saying that, and it's a sacrifice, the verse before, because it's easy, like you guys were saying, like you were saying, Bishop, that to just go on our default and just act on that. It's a sacrifice to give that to God and trust in him that he will, and then you develop this pattern, this new habit of not going to the old way of acting from your childhood, but God is teaching you how to get out of that. So it is a sacrifice, but it's one that makes you a better person. But the, those are just two psychological things that I see. But I love what Jesus says, go into that inner room and shut the door. Sometimes there are relationships that need to be ended, though. And then I think it's mm-hmm. unhealthy to, to stay in them. Yes. And so you... you you don't have to be mean about it, right. but you have to be pretty strong about it. Yeah. And well, uh, what, what, what um, yeah. I wrote this down because I, uh, I realized that some relationships are ones with boundaries. Yeah. That you cannot have that honest relationship. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's the, the truth yeah. that, that um, yeah. you know, that we want to be careful. There are, you know, obvious relationships that we you know, maybe aren't so healthy, but the reality is that we have to interact with a number of different people, mm-hmm. and truly, it really deals with the level of of um, of closeness. And there's there's um, the like in our in a family systems theory kind of perspective, the, the health is is the ability to to um, be yourself to remain connected. Because a lot of times we run away from someone who, who triggers us like that. We just want to talk with you. We're, we're taking our anxiety with us. So the ability to be present and and to say and have a boundary that that, 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 that you know. So we have to be careful about that one. That that we we do have to be able to to live in relationship with people with whom we're not going to be deeply communing. Yeah. Right. And 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 normally say, and be able to say no uh, and be able to say no. I don't like it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like when you know I'm not going to. Or, or just to just to maintain maintain some kind of of boundary. Yeah. And the church is certainly like that. Right. So I, you know, just to be honest. We all right. connect with some more than others. 
And yet we're not going to say, I'm not going to ever talk with you because, you know, we, but and even a, there it might be. And, and the church is different than maybe just relationships in the world because it presumes that, that somehow this person bears the image of Christ and yeah. could, yeah, so. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's diagnostic when you try to have a conversation with someone. You know, if you if you go to them many times and say, hey, you know, that, and if they don't respond or listen, then you stop talking. Well, the, the I think the way to, I mean, of course, the, the, the language of, you know, uh, I felt this way about that, or I think this way about that. This is how I felt when you did mm -hmm. that. That's as different than, you know, you were just a... Yeah, exactly. You know, right. yeah. you know that you're, again, your you're, you're relating your experience yeah. to the other. When, yeah. when you did this, I, exper I experienced that this way. Right. And so I won't let you know that. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, because that can't be, because then it's like, well, you, you know, you're stupid, or yeah, I mean, you're some, people, some people might say that, but but it's it's like, like you know, okay, so I, and we just said I want that. I just wanted to tell you that, and then walk around and say, okay, now now we but we articulated our own thoughts and feelings, or you know, uh, you were all off on this opinion thing, but I actually believe this. That's one way. You know. All right. We'll pick up Psalm 5 next time. Let us pray. Lord, bless us and keep us. The Lord, make his face to shine upon us. Be gracious unto us. The Lord, lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace this day and forevermore. Amen. I note that uh, we will be, uh, I'll send an email on this, uh, we'll, we'll be meeting next Thursday, but the following Thursday I'll be in Orlando at our provincial synod, so we will not have the Bible study, because basically all of us will be there, so there's no one to. Okay. So you'll remind us of that again next week? Uh, there's a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I probably will remember. What is the day? It's the, it's the the second week of October, October. Second week. Yeah, second week of October. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. Perfect. Oh, have a wonderful trip. Good to be with you online. It's Elda, Thanks, Mimi, Jim, Phyllis, yeah, Elizabeth, Anthony, yes, Cheryl, Aggie. Yep. I apologize for my disruptions. Mm -hmm. I, I was getting yeah. telephone calls. Thank you very much. Yes. I like it, my brother. I have read it. I didn't get it three times together. I didn't know that it was going to be called. Yeah, yeah.